This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Good Saturday morning, everyone. Welcome to Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we are your hosts. I'm Grace. I'm Alexis. And we are currently covering the show entitled The Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan. Um, The Amazing Chan. Um, And this is a show that follows a detective and his brood of 10 children in a doge um, around the world uh, solving crimes, causing crimes. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> like solving cr- one of the 11 characters is usually solving a crime. <laughs> yes. While the other 10 cause the crime. Yes. Um, all in usually, yeah, what we surmise is their weekends with dad. Mm-hmm. Again, single parenting's hard. <clears throat> we mm-hmm. said it. We'll say it again. It's rough out there, especially rough when you're international uh, detective, you know? Yeah. In high demand. You gotta do something with those kids, such as bring them to crime scenes. <laughs> exactly. So, with that, uh, Alexis will be telling us a story this Saturday, so or whatever mm-hmm. day you're listening to us. So, yeah. Bird, take this it away. Day. Thank you, thank you. And so, yes, and yet <clears throat> another weekend with Dad. Uh, we see the Chan clan, the entire brood of them. They're enjoying a luxurious cruise on the high seas. Oh, international <laughs> oh, waters, perhaps? International we love the high waters. Seas. Yes, we have no clue where they're, you know, where they took off from, where they're going. All we know is that they are in the middle of the ocean. Okay. Um, and so we kind of see what all the kids are up to, enjoying this time, this vacation with Pops. Henry and Stanley are just like playing shuffleboard on the cruise ship's deck. Nancy, oh, no. love Nancy, is just eating Nancy. a plate of jelly donuts that were <laughs> brought, brought to her by the cruise ship steward. See, wait, he hold on. That goes into my theory from our last episode that Nancy becomes a kingpin in prison. She already has people doing work for her. Yes. She's just like sitting there watching her brothers and like siblings do stuff. And then like the steward comes up like all proper has these donuts on a tray. Like, can I offer you a jelly donut, ma'am? And she just takes the whole tray. (laughs) tray. There's like five of them on the tray. Nancy. She's like, thank you. Like she didn't even ask. Yeah, they're they work for her. Okay. Thank you. But yeah, and then you know, you got like Mimi and Scooter just like laying out, catching some rays in a chair, whatever. Everyone, all these kids are just enjoying the various activities on this cruise ship. And to add to the fun, apparently the Chan clan, the band, is scheduled to perform soon in front of a live audience in Ooh. the ship's theater. So this they're is like a crew. A they're really a good carnival gig. cruise band. <laughs> yeah, they're like headlining for whatever other, or maybe I guess technically they're opening for another act that we'll mm. we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so meanwhile. While the kids are like up there having fun, kind of like talking about their soon to be uh, performance, we see uh, Mr. Chan and Flip. They are in the cabin of this week's client, a Miss Van Norton. Okay. And uh, she has apparently hired Charlie Chan to help or for his help in protecting a new, very valuable painting that is apparently estimated to be worth nearly $1 million. Ooh. Hilariously, though, when you watch this episode, you're going to laugh when you see the painting. It's actually like really kind of (laughs) terrible. It's It's modern. It's art. Okay. It's art. It's subjective, (laughs) but it's really just a bunch of abstract shapes with like a pinkish vase looking object at the forefront and like half of a guitar next to it. (laughs) It's so random. Um, And even more random on a tangent, it reminds me of that episode of Parks and Recreation when they all have to like make a mural, but Tom just pays like some art student to do like the the (laughs) abstract shapes. And he's like obsessed with the shapes. Like, Oh, look at these shapes it literally reminds me of something like that i like, can't stop staring at it it's like having an emotional brown is like what is it with the shapes <laughs> anyway incredible 
Incredible. Yeah. So that this painting, though, is apparently worth like a million dollars. And Miss okay. Van Norton literally has it just like hanging on the wall of her very nice cabin on this cruise ship. Got it. And another thing I want to point out, another side tangent, similar to you last week, we're going to- <laughs> There's just so many in this show. I can't There's help so it either. Many things, so many things to note. Um, and you also kind of, you made a note of this in the very first episode where you said that after the fame of Scooby-Doo and the popularity of Scooby-Doo, every channel, like Hanna-Barbera, was just dolling out these like teenage mystery shows left and right. And mm-hmm. they clearly had to put them together kind of quickly. Uh-oh. So they reused some animation. <laughs> Miss Van Norton is literally Gertrude Kane <laughs> or Crane, <laughs> I mean, from the Headless Horseman of Halloween episode, which you covered during our Halloween what? It is literally the exact same woman, same dress design, but it's a different color. She's got like a blue dress on. She's got the (laughs) same hairstyle, similar jewelry, not identical, but similar. But it literally the hair, the face, it's the same one. They just like they cut, they copied the art or like they got that cell animation, like go upstairs and get the animation. And then they just use it again here. So that is what Gertrude or uh, Miss Van Norton looks like. And I'm going to have to like fight myself to not call her Gertrude. Gertrude Crane throughout this. I mean, episode. honestly, I'll, if you do, I know I'll know who you're talking about. You'll know exactly. Yeah, and answer. I, I like, I was going kind of crazy. Like, I know that's her. So I like went back to that episode of Scooby Doo to watch. Like, Just yes, it is her. It. It's the same voice actress too. Great. <laughs> is it actually? It's it's the same voice actress. I had to like keep watching the credits to see, and I was like lining up the. I felt like Charlie Day with all the arrows and everything. <laughs> the red tying together string the everywhere. mystery. Yeah, the red string. That is. I like the same voice actress. Same thing. Everything. Incredible. So they just had this lady on call. Obviously, like please For get in here and run character. some lines. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Wow! 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 So, wow! As Mr. Chan is in the cabin looking at this painting, he advises Ms. Van Norton that it really would be safer in the ship's vault. But Ms. Van Norton assures Charlie that, you know, in addition to Charlie being on the case, she also has her hired security guard, Gabriel, with her Mm -hmm. and that he will be standing watch at all times. And Gabriel, he's like this very tall, super buff guy he's bald and has like a french like mustache that like kind of <laughs> curls up at the end amazing and he just always looks angry but he does look like someone who you would not want to steal a painting from mm. or like right in front of so flip though he's a little sus of all of this he's like i don't know it seems like an easy heist to me like you better be careful but Charlie and Ms. Van Norton obviously brush him off like, you're a kid. Your child. <laughs> your child. <laughs> anyway, so Charlie, Flip, and Ms. Van Norton, after having, I guess, this initial consultation in her cabin, they head up to the theater on the cruise ship to watch the Chan clan perform. Nice. And can we take a second to please appreciate the Chan clan band? They're <laughs> okay. so good. They are really good. The songs are super catchy. Yes. Okay. Real quick. I said yeah. I was going to mention this on this one. Go I should have looked it up between our recording to confirm this, but I'm pretty sure that like the music of the band is by a group called, I think it's called the, like the Cherries. Or the Cranberries, which I know is an actual band, but it's like a 60s actual band that existed. Like legit band, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that I think they were like, hey, can you just come write and do these songs for this show? Because like also at the time it was like Josie and the Pussycats who were solving mysteries and had their own music. Like when they made Archie into a show, it had its own music. Like they were just on solving crimes contract. Yeah, yeah like exactly. On contract like contract by Hanna Barbera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that just was a thing. So yes, I think that's why the music is legitimately so good. Is that like it was an actual popular band that was doing yeah, the music, that was it writing wasn't just and like, like performing. Yeah, random. yeah, and like yeah, yeah like because let me say the lyrics for this song that they're doing today. Generally speaking, they do a different song each episode but i think they yeah. double up some of them because this one song in this episode today is going to be in my last episode of oh, the amazing okay. chan clan as well so i just real quick have to read the lyrics um and it's funny because when we were recording last week 
we had a little technical difficulty for a second. And like, well, <laughs> Grace and I were waiting for the difficulty to be fixed. I just told her like, I'm kind of just humming along to this song. <laughs> it's been so yeah, like chaos was days. erupting on my side. Yeah. Just like, coming to herself. Yeah. So let me just real quick read the lyrics to this because it's very clever. Okay. But it's also um, a little troubling at the same time, considering oh God, teenagers okay. allegedly wrote this very quickly. <laughs> Here are the lyrics. I've got you covered. Know every move you make. When you walk down the street, know every step you take. You can't oh escape me. So why not surrender? <laughs> Honey, I'll treat you so warm and tender. And the hook or like the chorus is them just saying, I've got my eye on you. Yes, I do. Over and over and over again. <laughs> and it's like this upbeat, like <laughs> pop rock. <band. laughs> well, like, okay, clever. But it's clearly a song about stalking and or Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing is that like in 2023 these lyrics are extremely disturbing in yes. 1970 every single song that was quote-unquote romantic was about stalking yes and yes. like or so sing. it fit in for the times <laughs> yes but yeah wow, it's okay. a super catchy song um i've literally yeah, been like humming it and tapping along to it the kids are super talented no yeah. question, no wonder how they got this gig on a cruise yeah, wait, ship. Which came first, the gig on the cruise ship or the job for the painting? Or was that like part of Charlie's contract? <laughs> that was in Charlie's writer. <laughs> yeah, my kids have to perform on this cruise ship. Like, They've been ben trying Norton. to get to the top of Carnival Look. for years now. <laughs> They've been denying us an audition. Miss Van Norton, look, you're the oh, richest sorry. lady on this ship. You can pull some strings with the captain and with the inner the events coordinators. <laughs> Throw them an extra tip if you had to, but we're not going to protect this painting unless my kids can open for none other than the famous comedy stylings of the ventriloquist Dickie Benson and oh. his dummy Seymour. <laughs> yes. Wow, this was a curveball I did not see coming. Yes. So right after. Okay. Right after the chans finish their song, we see their performance is followed up by a ventriloquist. Na- it's a variety show of epic proportion. <laughs> We've got Dickie Benson and his dummy Seymour. Okay. And Dickie straight up looks like a used car salesman from the 70s, right? He's got on like this bright orange suit coat and a bright orange bow tie and this yellow shirt underneath and like oh, brown God. slacks. Not the best matching outfit, but no, you know, no. when he enters a room, that's for sure a very loud yep. outfit. And he also, though, has this very well-groomed, like combed over thick brown hair. And oh. then his dummy, Seymour, is your typical creepy like ventriloquist dummy wearing this green plaid <clears throat> suit with um, white gloves. And he has like a blonde bowl cut and this cute little brown fedora type hat on top. Okay. But... While the audience is enjoying the music and this comedy show, this ventriloquist show, Gabrielle, Miss Van Norton's security guard, he rushes into the theater, walks up to Miss Van Norton and whispers in her ear, letting her know that her prized painting has been stolen. Just like that. Just like that. And Flip is oddly vindicated at this point, like I told you, <laughs> I'm not just a dumb kid. <laughs> So Charlie, Henry, Stanley, Gabrielle, and Miss Van Norton, they all go back to the cabin to investigate. And Miss Van Norton is obviously like very terrified and confused mm. about the theft and the fact that someone broke into her cabin. Yeah. Even though Gabrielle was standing outside of her cabin, like watching guard the whole time. Yeah, I'm also confused. Or so, by that. so he says at least. Yeah, like we need some alibi. So Mr. Chan, he or a better alibi, as we've learned, they're not so good at providing alibis in this show. They are not. (laughs) So Mr. Chan asks Ms. Van Norton if Gabrielle and or sorry, and Gabrielle, if they're positive that only the maid and the steward were in the room before the whole group left to see the shows. And Gabrielle's like, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, like I was watching them closely when they were here before we left, before you guys left. I don't know who got in here. And so then Mr. Chan kind of jokingly, but also like mysteriously or ominously says that there (laughs) must be a phantom on board the ship. 
Oh, so Phantom as of they're the all cruise. the Phantom of the cruise ship, this, this episode <laughs> is called the Phantom Sea Thief Bible. Oh, really? Way. So <laughs> yeah, so, it's, you know, playing on that theme. Okay, cool. So cool. while they're like talking all of this over, the steward from before, the one who graciously handed Nancy those jelly donuts, he <laughs> enters the room and starts like taking some of the dirty dishes and whatnot out of there, like loading them up on his tray to go back to the kitchen and Henry and Stanley are like eyeing him as he's doing this. And they immediately, for whatever reason, I guess because he has access to the rooms, they think that the steward has something to do with the crime. And so Tom, Alan, Flip, Mimi, Scooter, Mimi and Scooter, they're like outside of the cabin, kind of like eavesdropping, like looking through the window and like ears on the wall, whatever. Uh-huh. And they, based on the conversations they hear inside, Flip begins to suspect that Gabrielle is the prime suspect. And Mimi and Scooter believe that the maid is likely the culprit. Okay. So, back in the room, Henry and Charlie are going through the cabin's bedroom to look for whatever clues they find. And Charlie notices that all of the drawers in the dresser right by like the cabin window overlooking the the ship deck have been opened, but none of the items inside of these dresser drawers have been taken or even moved around. So Charlie is like, huh, this is a very clean and clever thief who clearly had one object in mind. Mm -hmm. And so Charlie keeps looking around a little bit. He's like, he gets really detective-y in this episode. He okay, like gets yeah, on his knees. Actually don't see him. You, just you see usually him just see solve him it after. solve it. Exactly. Yeah. No, here he's like actually okay, assessing cool. the whole the whole crime scene. So he gets on his knees and he's like rubbing his hands on the carpet. And the kids are like, what are you looking for, dad? And he's like picking up a bunch of rope fibers that are on the ground. Oh. And he's like, "There's why are all these rope fibers down here? Okay. And this causes scooter and mimi to really even more so lean into their uh their suspicions on the maid because they say that if she had actually cleaned the room then there wouldn't be these rope fibers on the ground so she therefore must be in on the crime not that she cleaned the room before the rope fibers got there but that she brought in the rope fibers fibers, or she was just cleaning was a front she actually was just going in to steal shit and didn't clean at all who knows? Okay. So after putting together the few clues that he could in Miss Van Norton's cabin, Mr. Chan asks Gabrielle if he can go search his room as well. And so here is where we're going to split up our different investigation groups and cool. see who's right at the end. <laughs> cool. Although we know who usually is <laughs> and who is not. We certainly but know we who's like usually doing wrong. This anyway. Exactly. Children. <laughs> <laughs> so down in Gabrielle's room, we've got Charlie, the security guard, Gabrielle, and Miss Van Norton. And Mr. Chan notes that there is, like, no sign of the painting in the room after looking around, which is, like, hilarious to me because Gabrielle is, like, right there. Yeah, why are like, searching his, with you? Having his room search and, like, being accused of this crime <laughs> against his own boss, like, in real time. With his like, boss also there. <laughs> there and so charlie's like all right yeah your story checks out and also like an insult to his intelligence because even if he had stolen it why would he bring it to his own cabin right and then like like in your last episode you get rid of that shit quickly like you send it somewhere (laughs) else and you hide it you sew it away you don't like put it underneath your bed right you put it on your own wall (laughs) yeah they like they walk into gabriel's cabin and the painting's like hanging beautifully right there like oh you stole it and we came and told me that you stole it? it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You just want more attention? <laughs> yes, and a raise. <laughs> so, Ms. Van Norton, though, she's pretty relieved at this point. Like, oh, I, I knew it wasn't Gabrielle. Like, thank God, though. <laughs> Even though I had to go with you to double check and see with my own eyes that you didn't steal it. I you knew just, it. You just read my next line, so I'm going to keep <laughs> on going. <laughs> on the way out of gabrielle's room charlie notes that the cabin that his cabin is directly below miss van norton's and miss van norton confirms this saying oh yes i wasn't able to book two cabins on the same deck rich people problems Mm, truly 
So back in her own cabin, Miss Van Norton, she's trying to like calm her nerves with a spot of tea, but she hears a knock at the door and it actually happens to be Dickie Benson, the ventriloquist and Seymour, his dummy. Okay. And That's they're there scary. to like, it is kind of scary. <laughs> I hate I'll, get, this. Okay. I'll get to it later, but like, I don't like dummies. I'll get to Same. it later because I've written it in here in this script. Okay. Okay. We'll cool, talk cool, about cool. it we'll in a it. moment. But anyway, so yes. So Dickie, he walks in and he's there to like, kind of like cheer her up because he's, he's heard that her painting has been stolen. Obviously, like I said before, Van Norton's like the richest person on this cruise ship. So everyone Mm. wants to make sure that she's well taken care of. Mm. So he brings his dummy and he's like trying to tell her some jokes to like lighten her mood. And it works. She does laugh a little bit. But right after Dickie walks in, Mr. Chan enters as well. And he's kind of like sizing up Dickie and and Seymour the dummy. And at this point, Dickie kind of lays an idea on the team saying that Uh maybe it might help to get your painting back if you just like offer a ransom or you say like hey yeah or not a ransom but a a reward you say hey if anyone has any information on it whatever like i'm sure that the thief really just wants money he's probably just going to sell the painting anyway so why not just return the painting for a large reward miss van norton's a little apprehensive and she's like charlie i don't know what do you think is that a good idea And so Charlie, he's like, well, you know, I actually really like this line. He's like, they do say that honey will catch more flies than vinegar. So it's like, oh, look at you getting all professorial or whatever. (laughs) And so Miss Van Norton is excited that Mr. Chan and Dickie have come up or have agreed on this plan. And she promises Dickie that if it works, yeah, if it works, she's definitely going to get Dickie a very nice present for his troubles or for like helping to come up with the Uh idea. So we then soon after hear the captain announcing, the captain of the cruise ship announcing over the loudspeakers that Miss Van Norton has agreed to a $10,000 reward to anyone who has information about the million. Thank you. Um, I'm keeping that painting. That's a little cheap. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they stole it because they know it's worth a million dollars. Like, you're going to have to be a little richer than that, Ms. Van Morton. Yeah, at least half that price. (sighs) So that's like the basis of Charlie's investigation, or at least what we'll talk about for now. Then we got group two, Henry and Stanley, the two oldest boys. So after we kind of are jumping back in time here, but after Ms. Van Norton, Charlie and Gabriel went to go search Gabriel's room, mm. Henley and Henley, Henry and Stanley <laughs> stayed back in Ms. Van Norton's cabin to look for more clues because they really are leaning into this idea that the steward has some part in all of this. Okay. So they decide to collect fingerprints from all of any surfaces in the room okay. to see if Smart. any of the suspects, yeah, were indeed nosing around where they should not have been. Okay. Smart idea, but How are they gonna an, idea, an idea is only as good as the person executing the idea. <laughs> oh, no. So okay. their collection of fingerprints is a total wash because <laughs> they try to use this like powder of some sort to like trace out the fingerprints. But Stanley just like blows all the powder in oh Henry's face and Henry's piss. So he just like takes the whole tub of powder and just like throws it back on <laughs> Stanley. Just so now there's just it. like flour, like powder everywhere. So the room is now a mess. A mess. <laughs> <laughs> And then they just leave after that. Like, oh, well, the maid's probably coming anyway. (laughs) She's not arrested. She'll get here and take care of it. So without getting any fingerprints, but still hedging all of their bets on this steward (laughs) who has done nothing but bring them shit and clean up their messes this entire time. Yeah. Henry and Stanley make their way to the dining room. And they're keeping their eye on this guy, but they're like playing a game of checkers while trying to make it seem like they're Mm -hmm. just innocently hanging out there. Mm -hmm. And Henry notes that the dishes that the steward is like picking up from tables and stuff are probably loaded with his fingerprints. So oh, they didn't Stanley, collect in the original room. They could have just gotten one in the cabin. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have ruined to begin with. Okay, cool. Any chances so, of finding them? 
Of course, what better way to sneak into the kitchen to grab one of these these dishes that the steward has been taking in and out than by going undercover? Naturally. Stanley decides, the master of disguise that he is, he decides to put on a costume so that he can go in there without being noticed. Mm -hmm. And of course, as we've discussed a couple weeks ago, Stanley is clearly a fan of drag. So he, he dresses up this time as a waitress. Which, I mean, like, he could have just dressed up as a waiter, too. Like, he didn't have to dress up as a waitress, whatever. Or, like, just in general, not dressing up as the staff, because they it's a boat. There's no one coming and going (laughs) as your staff. There's no new person on the staff. I know. Similar to what we addressed in your episode last week, like, the security guards, like, they clock in and out. They have a list yeah. of who's on the shift schedule. Like, like you right. said, it's a set staff. You're on yeah. a cruise ship. It's not like they're boating or helicoptering new yeah, staff members into work the kitchen. Right. You could have just been like an angry guest storming yeah. in back there. Right. To so make a complaint. Yeah. Right. So, and it, it's like. It, the outfit that he puts on, the waitress outfit, it's like it doesn't match the uniform of these people working on the cruise ship. <laughs> It's like a diner waitress outfit with like the pink sleeve dress with the white oh apron yes. and like yes. a frizzy yes. like really? wand, a- a, like wig that's like a poofy, oh like almost afro. Oh my God. And like a massive pink bow tie, like not at all what anyone on this cruise ship would be wearing. No, so as per right. usual, Henry strongly advises against Stanley <laughs> wearing that outfit into the kitchen. But Stanley's like, I got it. Don't worry. So he goes in the kitchen, he flirts it up with the steward a little bit to take his attention off of the tray of dishes. And then he like snags a cup and puts it in his apron pocket and then books it out of there. And the steward is obviously very like off put by this. Like who is this, this man in a dress with like very hairy legs, like scratching my chin. (laughs) Yeah. He gets really close. He's He's like tickling his chin. It's, it's Stanley. It's Stanley. It's Stanley. What he going to do? He's going to cross the line. <laughs> so he rushes out to show the glass to Henry. And Henry's like pleasantly surprised. Like, oh my God, wow, you actually did it. Good job. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's go get these fingerprints. But in all of the excitement of finally doing something right for a change, Stanley like slaps down his hand on the it. very You already know. He breaks the shit into like a thousand people. <laughs> So, oops, there goes that piece of evidence. Well, anyway. again, they didn't have any fingerprints to match it with from the room. So what were they going to do with it anyway? It was never going to work anyway. They're they're yep. just trying to pass the time. Yeah. So then uh, after this doesn't work, they regroup and they're like, all right, well, let's just keep following the steward around. And they notice that he's going down to like the sauna or the steam room. He's like in his like swim trunks and has a, a towel like wrapped around him. I guess he's on his break. And so Stanley again gets into costume. This time he just puts on like a fake beard and mustache with like a big nose. And he makes Uh his way in after the steward to try to question him in there. But he like can't see through all the steam in the room. And so the steward's like, who is that talking to me? Like, who are you? And then he just (laughs) leaves. And like when the steam (laughs) clears, Stanley realizes he's just like in there by himself. (laughs) (laughs) So he like goes back out to find Henry. And Henry like pulls him to the side like, shh. The steward's over there. He's on the phone. And so we Ooh. see the steward. It's like a payphone that's in the cruise ship, whatever. In the ship. <laughs> in the ship. He's on the phone saying, I'll be there. Just bring your money. And immediately okay. the boys believe that the steward is somehow discussing the payoff slash like ransom, whatever, mm-hmm. for the painting. So they stay on the steward's tail and okay. they see him like after he gets back into his uniform and stuff. They see him going towards the ship's engine room. And he's like looking around, making sure that he's not being followed. Obviously, he's not looking too closely because Clearly. Henry and Stanley are like 10 steps behind right him. Right of course, always. But a few seconds after he makes his way into the engine room, the boys, they go on in after him, kind of keeping a safe distance. And then from there, they see the steward enter another room that is for authorized personnel only okay so we're going to pause there and we're now going to go to group three which is alan tom jody foster aka (laughs) Anne, 
and flip. Okay. So the four kids, they overhear, well, once they overheard their father leaving Gabrielle's room earlier after unjustly searching his room, (laughs) they overheard their dad saying that Gabrielle's cabin is right below Miss Van Norton's. And so they theorize that Gabrielle could have helped an accomplice pass down the painting by rope from the cabin above, even though they also obviously heard their dad say that they didn't find the painting in there, but whatever. And also they, they yeah. drilled through the metal floor. <laughs> okay, okay, really I think cool. they mean like out the window, but like, yes, yeah, <laughs> I mean, someone would see that. You should see like a mask yeah. painting being like wrote down. Someone on the deck is like, uh, that? Uh, yeah, right, also like the small like, cruise ship windows yeah. Yeah. Mm. go on put a pin in that yes so, question it. yes so um gabriel he leaves his room and alan tells the others he's like kind of like peeking out of a peeking around the corner watching alan like through the chancom watches tells the others that like the coast is clear and that it's time for them to start following Gabrielle throughout the ship Mm. and so they do and they notice that he too is making his way towards the engine room and at this point yes so at this point they relay the message to Stanley and Henry knowing because like the kids have all been talking on their Chancom watches like this whole episode essentially and so they know that Henry and Stanley just saw the steward go into that mm-hmm. same room only moments okay. earlier. So they run in and they join forces with their two ordered brothers. And when they get in there, they're like positive that they're going to see the steward and Gabrielle like exchanging this ransom or this payoff in the painting mm-hmm. or whatever, or talking about it. The whole group, so you've got like the four kids and Henry and Stanley, they like bust into this authorized oh, personnel God. only room in the engine room where these kids absolutely should should not be be. (laughs) but to their surprise they just see the two suspects playing a game of poker so they have like this card table out and they're just (laughs) having a nice innocent game of poker and so Mm, it's so hidden that i would it is it is suspect though right like why not just play poker i guess like the steward neither of them should be playing while they're on the clock they're both working so there's that but like you're making yourself look even sketchier right now yeah, exactly. by being in like this hidden room within this off-limits room. Yes. So the two suspects, they look at the group of kids that are just like standing there accusing them of something. <laughs> and Stanley, he tries to cover for them by saying like, oh, um, we just like got lost because we were like looking for a lifeboat down here in the engine room. Hmm. And this actually... Why would it be down there? Like you have to like drag it out and like throw it while like the ship is sinking. Yeah. And this is what the steward and Gabrielle think. So they are in a panic, like, oh my God, the ship is going down. (laughs) (laughs) And they book it out of the engine room. And so as these two are running away, Anne and Flip. They catch up with Gabrielle and they straight up tackle him. Like the two of them just jump on him and tackle him and he goes down. Dude, so like he's a big guy. <laughs> They're not. They are not. And they have apparently been lifting and doing squats <laughs> because they yeah. jumped into that shit and took this guy down. And Alan and Tom throw like a lifesaver over the steward and it like oh traps God. his legs and makes him like fall flat on his face. So we've got two big cases of assault and battery here. Yeah, and also like <laughs> warrantless arrests are like, oh my god, the ship is sinking and now we're being attacked. Like these kids are definitely sinking the ship for us. Like these kids are Why going are they to trying the to kill us. <laughs> yeah, fucking it up. These kids are murderers. Is what these two men are thinking. <laughs> like, why do they not want us to get off alive? Why do they not want to get off alive? <laughs> what, what is, is happening? happening? <laughs> aren't these charlie chance kids yeah wait a second what is going on so the kids they take this they they do this citizen's arrest on this cruise ship <laughs> on the high seas and they take the steward oh, yeah, no laws <laughs> no laws international waters the captain yep. is the one in charge he's got full authority 
So yeah. they take the steward and Gabrielle up to the captain. Oh. But yeah. And the captain's looking at them like, why do you have these guys in here? But the suspects are like, we swear we were just playing an innocent game of poker. Like, this is all just a misunderstanding. Yeah. And wait, is the ship not sinking? Are we dying or not? What's <laughs> happening? Are we cool or are all about to die? <laughs> we're all about to die. Captain, you look calm. So I guess we're okay. Is the ship not going down? <laughs> so that investigation, it I guess, you know, they... They do uncover some suspicious activity, but nonetheless kind of falls short of solving the mystery. Yeah. So then we've got our next group, group four, which is Susie, Nancy, Mimi, and Scooter. So I guess Susie is like babysitting her youngest. I have been wondering that you didn't say her in the like two older groups. And so I was waiting until you said this group, because if you didn't say her, I was going to be like, is she just tanning the whole time? <laughs> She's just been on the deck tanning, being like, God, this is supposed to be a fucking vacation. I'm glad you said that. Um, put a very long pin in that for two weeks from okay. now in the next episode that I do. <laughs> okay. Noted. We will remember very this funny. moment. Susie just comes and goes when she pleases, apparently. Yes. Like, the others will do the work. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so, cool. Great. So meanwhile, while all this other stuff is going on with the other few groups and these citizens' arrests are being made, we've got Susie, Nancy, Mimi, and Scooter, and Choo Choo. Can't forget Choo Choo. Mm -hmm. They are still sus and like very, very suspicious, same thing, of the maid. (laughs) And they're tailing her watching her every step i've got you come <laughs> know every got step you take on you. <laughs> like a good theme for this episode they are just like tailing people the entire time it's true. and so they see her like unloading pillowcases full of and like dirt big sacks full of dirty laundry down a laundry chute and after she walks away scooter suggests that she could have easily removed the painting from miss van norton's room in a pillowcase and thrown it down a chute into the laundry room and no scooter one would have just loves thing. having to jump into things is he about I to mean, go down it scoot he scoots right into things whereas <laughs> flip 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 flips it we actually yes. <laughs> And yes, you are correct. He is going to go down this laundry chute rather than, you know, going a few decks down to just find the actual door to this laundry room. Mimi and all them are like, yeah, we got to go down to look, but this is the quickest way, obviously. (laughs) And we're on a time crunch on this boat. None of us can get off of. (laughs) We got to go now. We got to go. There's no time to waste. No time. The ship's going down. But also, I love how the two youngest, like Mimi and Scooter, are calling the shots here. And Susie, (laughs) the oldest of the three, she's right there. And she's literally just like totally fine with going on with like whatever logic her like five and six year old siblings are putting forth. Like, oh, yeah, you guys are probably right. Let's go down this laundry chute. If this was modern day, she would just be like texting, uh huh. Yep, go down the chute. (laughs) Yeah, see if down we ever there. get hired like to do that energy. That's gonna be Susie's energy the entire time. Like, yeah, just like twirling her hair. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah, whatever you guys say. Oh, they're in the laundry chute. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go down to like <sighs> looking God around to make it. sure no one's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they find themselves obviously in this massive laundry room after going down the chute. And while the kids are searching around, they are actually spooked by a cloaked figure that is howling and screaming at them, a.k.a. Uh, the Phantom Sea Thief. Ah, uh, yes, like, indeed. He's just like in like a, I don't know, it looks like he's got like towels over him maybe or like a sheet or a something, like a bed room. sheet there in the laundry room. That makes sense, and so, Classic 70s animation mystery chase ensues, and they Love actually... <laughs> They wreck this laundry room like they are dumping like detergent everywhere into big bats of water amidst the shenanigans of escaping the phantom. They essentially like cause this massive plume of suds to just overtake the entire facility, the whole laundry room to the point where it's like 
<laughs> to the point where it's so, so much and so powerful that it like bursts the laundry room door open <laughs> and just you see these suds and everything like can like just flow out into the hallway. Like it's oh. overtaken. <laughs> so Also, I'm imagining like at that moment, if they weren't with the captain, this is when like Gabrielle and Gabriel, whatever his name is, and the steward would be like, walk in and see water flooding the hall and be like, the ship is going down. It's going down. It took the laundry room first, and now the detergent mixed in with it, and it's it's a mess. (laughs) Every man for themselves. Where are those lifeboats? Um, and so, yeah, their investigation into the maid is also short-lived. This, that's pretty yeah. much all they, that's all they got on her. So, so kind of our conclusion or how all these groups come back together and we figure out how this mystery is solved. Later that same day, after all these disastrous shenanigans of the kids have uh-huh. gone down, after dinner... Miss Van Norton, she returns to her cabin and she finds a note pinned on the wall right underneath where the stolen painting Ooh. was before. And she says that, so she calls Charlie to the room and she says that the cabin was locked when she went to dinner and she has no clue how someone could have gotten in here. So she's clearly like very shaken because like, yeah, that's super As fucking terrifying. Be. Who was yep. in my room? I locked the yep. door, I swear. How and I had to unlock here? it to get back in. Yep. And the note says that if she places $10,000 in the room at midnight and stays away for one hour, the painting will be returned. So well, she's she like cash on the boat. <laughs> yeah, she has it, which again, though, hilarious. Why would you just steal the painting and not also steal the cash that's yeah, in the room? They look through the drawers. They have ATMs on, on cruise ships. <laughs> figure the 70s? I don't, I don't know. No. I don't know either. <laughs> I'm trying to help the riders out, damn it. I'm trying to make it make sense. But now I am doesn't. thinking robbing an ATM on a cruise ship. Oh. You probably do that Ooh. nowadays. Yeah, Anyways. Probably. Anyways. So Miss <laughs> Van Norton, she's like freaking out, asking Mr. Chan, like, oh my goodness, who is behind all of this? How when will you solve this mystery? This is just this is messing up my vacation. Okay. True. And Mr. Chan, he kind of like implies that he's placed enough clues at this point to know what's going on. And he tells Ms. Van Norton, like, it's okay. All of your questions are going to be answered by midnight. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Okay. So before preparing this exchange of money, this payoff, Charlie, he goes to check on his kids in their cabin to make sure that they're all asleep and that they won't fuck up this payment drop, (laughs) essentially. So he like peeks his head in there and of course they're all like pretending to be asleep, very loudly (laughs) snoring, tucked into their beds. But literally like the second that he leaves and closes the door, you just see like one by one, the kids like all pop up out of their beds, (laughs) (laughs) make their way out, except for like Scooter and Mimi and I guess Nancy, it doesn't show her, but I'm pretty sure she's not there in the end either. So uh-huh. the older kids essentially, or the the preteens and up essentially Got are it. all, yeah, they all get out one by one. And Mr. Chan and the ship captain, they are out patrolling the ship by flashlight. They're like walking along the deck, going through some of the hallways, and they make their way down to the theater. And they go backstage And they kind of like wait there right at midnight. And the captain's like, I really hope you know, like, what you're doing. Like, why are we down here? This doesn't, like, I have no clue why we're down here. Yeah. And so Mr. Tan's like, just sit back and let's wait for this to go down. So while they're stalking out backstage, they do start to hear footsteps and a loud thud and the sound of equipment falling over. Oh, no. But I guess it's a few minutes before midnight because Mr. Chan's like, that can't be the culprit. Also, like, it would be that dumb to be this clumsy. You sure Nancy's not with the group? Mr. Chan says, like, all the lights are out. And he's like, Nancy? (laughs) Is that you? <laughs> poor Nancy. Poor Nancy. Poor Nance. <laughs> and so he whips out a flashlight to like see who it is, but it's like Stanley and all the others. It's like all the kids but Nancy. 
<laughs> that's literally what he says as soon as he hears like a crashing sound nancy is that you <laughs> so nay poor nance uh but there's zero justice for nancy anyway <laughs> like her her shining moment in this episode literally is just eating a plate full of jelly donuts <laughs> at the beginning like that's all we've seen her do so far oh, anyway so, <laughs> so clearly totally exasperated and just like sick of his kid shit he's like i thought you guys were in bed and they're like yeah but like we needed to come and help you and he's like well be quiet and hide over here like if you want to help them it's come here and up. shut up yeah over here. you can't send them back it's like two minutes to midnight yeah exactly so a few moments later after he like quiets down his kids and they hide behind him the group then hears more footsteps and a person kind of like <clears throat> coughing <clears throat> clear in their throat as they make their way through the hallway and so without even consulting their dad first or the captain henry and stanley jump into action like yeah. grab this person they're holding them by like one arm each like clutching onto the person charlie's like what life. did i just tell you to what do? I, I told you to stand here charlie like, shines quiet. the light on them and you just see the boys they're like grabbing for dear life onto this poor old maid's arms like holding her back she's like kind of an old lady too i didn't really describe her but she's not she's not like a young like kind of big maid she's just this like kind of frail like hunched over older oh lady. God, lady yeah and they're like holding her arms for dear life and she's super confused like i'm not a crook i'm literally just taking a shortcut to my room oh my like, god i want to go to bed do you know how long of a day this is i had to clean up the whole fucking laundry facility some idiot after i cleaned up the powder out of that lady's room yes like just please let me get some sleep and charlie's like sorry girl you're here you gotta hide with us now so he's like get back here everyone's like i don't get paid enough for this shit yeah i'm going overboard after this (laughs) fuck this place where's that lifeboat you just hear like paddling (laughs) away i'm out i'm out you have to send a chopper for me um (laughs) So moments later, Charlie, he's like, all right, thir- this is the third fucking time. I will not tell you guys again to shut up and just stand behind me. Straight up, so we hear, we hear more footsteps and the sound of a nearby door opening and closing. And this time it is really the crook. Mm. Grace, would you like to guess who it is going into this room behind the theater? So I have two. I have a actual guess and a dream theory. Okay. So, uh, can you say that? Are you going to say the dream theory first? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I want to hear my the dream. Dream theory. <laughs> dream theory is that when they were looking at the fingerprints to begin with, that they would have found jelly. Of jelly donuts <laughs> that it was the steward but nancy was pulling the strings which this is kingpin, why she's not there now kingpin nancy <laughs> yep getting that painting nancy her all these episodes are her criminal origin story <laughs> from all the abuse she gets from <laughs> her family abuse. yes so my dream theory is that in reality i think um it's uh what's his face the ventriloquist because mm. i think dummies are terrifying and i don't trust yes. a ventriloquist indeed ever. and yes you are correct to yes. not trust this dude this used mm-hmm. car salesman turned ventriloquist two-face situation uh-uh. yeah so they see dickie benson walking into this dressing room and charlie and the captain and the chan clan they rush into the dressing room after him and he's in there standing near a window with a rope hanging out of it and the captain is like dickie what are you doing in the dressing room at this hour yeah. dickie is like shocked like oh my god well, uh well i'm uh we i i mean i um i'm i'm, I'm rehearsing some material with mm. seymour my dummy and Henry's like, well, where's your dummy then? Like, your hands are <laughs> empty. Yeah, true. And, and Dickie's like, oh, well, well. And Mr. Chan cuts that shit off. Like, all right, everyone, yeah. close the door, turn off the lights, 
Captain, grab Dickie, keep him quiet, and you better not leave. So, yeah, hold on. Turn off the lights. Oh, God. So, here moments later, we see what I would describe as an absolutely terrifying thing, because it reminds me of an episode of the show Goosebumps, based on the books, that absolutely, or I guess multiple episodes, because I think this, like, character appeared in multiple episodes, that absolutely fucked me up when I was a young child watching this. Thanks, Cartoon Network. (laughs) We see the dummy Seymour on his own, climbing up the rope, back into the window. Excuse me? Walking around this dressing room no 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 if i were one of the chan kids i would have fucking audibly screamed i would have like i would have booked it the fuck out of there like it's a demon dummy no thank you excuse me he's holding the briefcase he's walking around with it wondering why the fuck these lights are off this dummy is alive um no No. absolutely not i would (laughs) have the second i saw the dummy poke its head up the window i would push back out I like, nope. into the ocean <laughs> yeah i don't give a shit i don't care if he's got the not. money or not yeah it's going back down into the oh. sea where it will never where it will never be found never rise again yes but we would learn shortly after that this would not just be destruction of property this would be murder <laughs> because oh my god stanley turns on the light And everyone sees the dummy just standing there. But soon after, the dummy takes off a mask and reveals that it is not a dummy, but it is, in fact, a small man. I'm not going to use the word that the kids yell out when they see Uh, the Oh, no. (laughs) Not the 70s were different. But anyway, it is a small man in a costume pretending to be a dummy. Wait. So not only... Go ahead. I have so many questions. <laughs> Not only is Dickie a thief and an accomplice to these crimes, but he has been faking his ventriloquism set this whole time. He's not a ventriloquist. The real Seymour is just a tiny man, a little person who <laughs> is in this mask and in this cute little, this dummy looking costume. And honestly, the real Seymour is as sketchy, if not sketchier looking than the dummy. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that he was down skis for this plan. Does does Dickie like hold his back when they're performing still yeah. and like carry he, him around? Yeah, it's like a reclining chair for Seymour. He's just leaned back and he's got Seymour support or a, a Dickie support, I guess. Ooh. But this dude, he low key reminds me of Joe Pesci in Home Alone. Like the, uh, <laughs> the uh, it's Harry. No, sorry, it's Marv. Harry, I think, is the tall one. The tall like, one. Very creepy looking, like thick black hair and thick black eyebrows. He's got this angry found frown on his face, which naturally, I mean, yes, because he was just caught red-handed. Yeah. And these like very prominent, you know, like the mouth lines you get around here that give you like oh, yeah, yeah. kind of chubby looking cheeks. Yeah. Which like side tangent, I looked up what those are called. And very appropriately, they're actually called marionette lines, because I guess that reminds oh. you of like a marionette. Puppet. Actually, I hate that. That's scary. I do. I don't like it, but I'm I like, okay, like that's that's an appropriate name, but I don't like that you guys named yeah. it that. Like what came <laughs> yeah. first? The puppet or the mouth line? Right, don't bring them into this. <laughs> no. So Seymour, he points at Dickie saying that it must have been his big mouth that gave them away. But Dickie assures him that he did everything exactly as Seymour said to. So Seymour appears to actually be, right, the one in charge, the architect of this whole whole conspiracy. So Charlie chimes in saying that, no, 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 Seymour, it wasn't Dickie that gave them away. It was actually you and your shoes, Seymour. Because you see, when Dickie and Seymour were pitching the whole, you know, payout idea to Ms. Van Norton in her cabin earlier that day, I mentioned Charlie was kind of like sizing them up and looking at them. And he noticed that the dummy's shoes, because like the way that Seymour was sitting, his shoes were like facing out. Mm -hmm. He noticed that the shoes had like holes in them and they were scuffed up on the bottom and that the soles were really worn down. And he immediately knew that this was a clue and honestly like the the smoking gun, so to speak. Mm. Because why would a dummy have deep holes and scuff marks and like worn down soles in its shoes? 
if it's not actually walking around in them right okay, that's also fucking terrifying to be like super terrifying to, to this know dummy that is this dummy is a man or you yeah. that yeah and to just be thought. like sitting there acting like everything's fine like yep, yep. uh-huh cool so your dummy walks around <laughs> itself <laughs> cool i'm gonna jump off this boat yeah <laughs> kids come on we're getting off this boat right now get out of that boat get all 11 fast. of them in choo choo just one by one going off yeah we're fucking out so Charlie further explains that when the kids were performing earlier that afternoon, right before Dickie's set, mm. Seymour lowered himself out of the dressing room window. So again, yeah, these tiny windows. But he's tiny a windows, tiny, but he's a tiny per- a, a person, little, little person, whatever. Yeah. And he like downscaled with this rope oh, down the window into Ms. Van God. Norton's cabin, which is, you guessed it, directly below the dressing room somehow of course and he then stole the painting before using the dresser drawers as steps to get back out of the window so he wasn't actually interested in what was in the dresser he just needed he's not tall so he needed some stairs (laughs) and then he shimmied himself way back up to the dressing room super impressive not gonna lie great core strength honestly both of them are strong yeah i guess they get to carry him around all the time (laughs) yeah it's not a hollow dummy this is a person with like bones and organs (laughs) yeah Yeah. so in a latch last ditch attempt seymour he tries to make a break for it runs out of the dressing room like sneaking past and under the chans and the captain but the kids they all chase after him they chase him around the ship deck for a while and eventually they catch him by again some property destruction they like rip off a volleyball net from somewhere probably and like throw it over this guy so they like have him like caught in a net yeah they do and they (laughs) they love ripping off (laughs) and they capture him and so the next morning, we I guess we assume the caption the captain like puts them in whatever jail cell or prison, the whatever cell something. they had, the brig on the on the cruise yeah, ship. On a cruise ship. And so the next morning we see the Chan clan enjoying breakfast in the captain's quarters because he is Ooh. very thankful for all the work that they've done to find the culprit, to solve the mystery, to you know, bring justice to his richest cruise ship customer, mm. whatever. And uh-huh. um, in return, he says that he would like for the chance to join them for the oh, rest of their meals for the rest of the oh. voyage. Oh, no. I mean, eh, maybe. I thought they were they like probably getting like promoted them. to the opening we're act. Headliners? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, we had to arrest our previous headliner. Dickie's in jail now. So oh, you guys just I want to like guess. do two songs instead of one? <laughs> By default. Yeah, you're the headliner yeah. now. And of course, the only reason I'm saying all of this, because this is the end of the episode otherwise, is because oh. Nancy chimes in. This is like her second line of the show. Oh, no. And she's like, oh, my God, of course we will. Of course we'll join you for every meal up here. Because like clearly they're bringing in like this massive spread. I feel like spread. you see like a full like roast or something on the table. Oh, my God. Like, multiple dishes. And yeah, that's pretty much the end of the episode. <laughs> This is this this was I am speechless by the the plot twist of this episode. I have so many questions as to like how Dickie and Seymour like concocted this plan, like who came to who to convince each other about this. My other yeah. thought throughout this whole thing is like, so I've never been on a cruise. Me neither. I would imagine at some point, like they do get boring, which is why now like you know the cruise ships have like a million activities because like you're just fucking sitting on a boat if you're not yeah. like getting into the ocean you're just like waiting around yeah but this was the 70s i don't think they had all of that back then so i was just picturing this whole time like being a passenger on this ship during all this would have been so fun like what a yeah. hot goss day to right. be like god did you hear, did you hear? <laughs> gertrude got her painting stolen when she's offering mm. a ten thousand dollar reward now let's oh see what god. happens and then the next day hearing like oh my god dickie benson is actually a ventriloquist did right. you know that was an actual person sitting on his lap i'm getting on the payphone asap <laughs> right now <laughs> like what a fun day what a fun 48 hours for the cruise ship like passengers <laughs> to watch all of this go down would have been so fun for knowing that there's like 
a fugitive on board. And like, yeah, I did think about that part safe. too. And I was like, I'm just I not going to mention. Unless you're super rich, you don't have anything to worry about. Like they don't care right. about stealing from the pores. They only want exactly. to steal from Ms. Van Norton and her, for whatever Precisely. reason, she decided to bring her million dollar painting on this cruise with her imagine getting that like through customs right also like why don't you fly that girl yeah exactly it's not like relaxing vacay is this like how she just like this is her mode of transportation she like she like buys the painting in milan and she's like well rather than flying home i suppose i'll just take a cruise back to the states right like purchasing this fine work of art was exhausting i need a vacation cruise (laughs) this is why um, honestly i wouldn't have put it past gabrielle for being the thief the whole time because he's like yeah i actually i didn't think it was him and then the yeah. um the backroom poker thing i was also like they're definitely playing strip poker back there that's why it's <laughs> like that's that's why they felt so bad. Like, no, 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 like, it's okay. We swear. It was, it was innocent. It was like, innocent. Why are you behind, like, three locked doors? Where'd your pants go? <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine the kids walking in on that. Like, Gabriel has just his underwear and, like, suit top, suit jacket on. <laughs> the, the steward only back has and just like... a towel. <laughs> exactly. And, like, his, like, bow tie or something. <laughs> Uh, we were looking uh, for a that's lifeboat like, that's for sure where like the all of the staff goes to play strip poker and like gabrielle just because he's like clearly staff of someone too like got in with the crew they invite him in like yeah you're yeah. technically you're a laborer too get, get yeah come on you play here. strip poker yeah, with us. Come. that was also my first thought it like well that's why the painting was stolen until i realized how it actually like how seymour actually actually did it i was like yeah gabrielle wasn't actually on watch he was playing fucking strip poker (laughs) this engine room right he just needed to cover it up be like i don't have a gambling problem you have a gambling problem (laughs) yeah he's like talking to flips like a nine-year-old like you're the one with the gambling problem like flips like what sir please put your pants back on and and flip and flip tackle him and he doesn't have pants on (laughs) Uh, yeah so see again being a passenger on that cruise ship all that going down what a day you're leaving your room one day and you just see like a plume of studs like flying towards and kids sprinting out but one slightly older teenager just waltzing back and being like like, on her cell phone (laughs) yeah Yeah. or whatever the equivalent reading a book just like stepping around the studs so she doesn't get her She's putting sunscreen on. Alarms going off. People like running in slow motion, getting overtaken by this like wave of sudsy water. Susie's reaction is just like, oh, my favorite like tanning chair is open now. Goes and lays down. (laughs) You see like crew members just covered in suds walking around like, God, we have to clean this shit up. The rest of the kids chasing Seymour. Susie's just like the like tanning like a mirror thing. Just like... Yeah. unbothered <laughs> uh, totally um wow yeah, what an incredible so. episode <laughs> it, was, it was a fun one it was a wow, fun good one. job thank you thank you wow. and again i know that you will be back with yet another <laughs> engaging and just shit show it's of an wild. episode from from the chant <laughs> next week but yep. until then, who should they tell about this podcast? Um, I think you should tell a ventriloquist. <laughs> okay. No hesitation. Tell a ventriloquist. And also, like, while you're, like, real direct eye contact with the ventriloquist, so they're, like, paying attention to you, while you tell them about the podcast, maybe, like, pinch the dummy to make sure it's a dummy, <laughs> not a person. <laughs> Do your due diligence, okay, before you trust a ventriloquist. Because I suggest you just tell the dummy, because who knows even if the dummy is real or not, it may be a person, (laughs) or it may be, like, possessed, so you're just telling whatever demon is possessing that dummy, you know, we'll we'll take either of them. (laughs) That's the lost demo, demons.
<laughs> our favorite demo. We need we need more of them listening <laughs> so that they can help us, you know, take over the world and whatnot. Yeah. And whatnot. So, cool. um, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Great. Well, um, you. we'll see y'all next Until week. Until next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We, we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornMist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries. Bye.